welcome back everybody welcome to silly podcast i am your host carmen i've recorded this one episode this is the third time trying to record this i really want to keep it under 30 minutes the last couple of times i recorded it i hit like 50 minutes but here i am i want to talk about how i got my job in the fashion industry I am not going to talk about what I do day to day in my current role because I think that could be another episode on its own. I wanted to talk about how I got my job in the fashion industry because I feel like we see roles within this industry and we think they're very sexy and they're very lucrative and very mystical. We see the Anna Winters of this world and we think, wow, that was probably given to her. Or we we see shows like Project Runway or Next in Fashion, which I highly recommend. It's one of my favorites. And we think it's either very competitive. Honestly, the apparel industry is more than that. And as someone who advocates for sustainable fashion and ethical working conditions for people, then you start to realize, oh, there's more to clothing than just the creative side of it. And I am here to talk about how I got my job as a fashion engineer, fashion engineer, what as a fabric engineer, mind you, I've also have a pint of cider next to me. So if I slur my words or if something comes out funny, we know why. But yeah, the apparel industry is very vast and there is more to clothing than we know, or at least as a consumer, you just kind of go to the store, you check the price, you buy it maybe return it, keep it, or sell it, or consume fashion secondhand, which I highly recommend. But sometimes we think of the apparel industry as just as a buy and consume type of world when there's a lot that goes into it. And if you really want to dive super deep into the different types of jobs within the apparel industry, I highly recommend watching uh, the Alexa Chung documentary series called Future Fashion in the British Vogue YouTube channel online. There, she kind of goes into every single aspect of the apparel industry, and I highly recommend one of the jobs that they didn't address was actually my job as a fabric engineer. But anyway, the way that I'm going to talk about this today is just tell you my background, why I wanted to pursue this industry my education, where I went to school, why I chose the major that I did, and the nitty-gritty of how I got my job, or at least the journey that it took for me to get my job. And this is where I kind of spent the majority of my time talking, and that's where I'm trying to keep as say, as short as possible and as to the point as humanly possible for me because it's my experience was very draining, and you'll hear about it. And Hi everyone, future Carmen here. As I'm editing this podcast, I realized that I didn't really get across the point that I wanted to get across of the reason why I spend a lot of time within this portion of my job seeking story. Um, Right now, I know that a lot of people are going through a hard time with job related things and I wanted to share the story of how it took me literally almost three years to find a job within my career field and I really Like my heart goes out to those that are either entering the job market or they are now going into an unemployment phase of their careers. And I want to share this story as an encouragement because it's really hard. And I think we don't really talk about how draining it is and how mentally exhausting it could be. Five, six months ago, I was unemployed and I it, it just it really sucks. And I feel like no one really says that. 
but here I am, and that's the reason why I wanted to share this story. To get started, why did I want to pursue this industry? So for me, um, I've kind of talked about it here and there, but I was actually born in Mexico. Fun fact. Yes, my entire family, we're a thousand percent Mexican, as we like to say. And I used to spend a lot of my time at my grandma's house because my culture, we're very family oriented. So a lot of the weekends I would spend at my grandma's, my summers I would spend at my grandma's house. And my grandma, she would just sit us down and do needlepoint with her and do embroidery on tablecloths that she would have for her kitchen. She would give them to people. My aunt who lived with my grandma, she would do, she would sew up garments for people, I think as a way of making money on the side. And my mom, for school, she would make all of my Halloween costumes. She would do any costume that I needed for parades. Because we lived in Jalisco, Mexico. When you watch Coco, the Pixar movie, and you see those really beautiful, colorful dresses with like the ribbons on the bottom, my mom actually made me one of those dresses for one of the dances we needed to perform in school. So sewing was just kind of always in my wheelhouse, and I can't remember a time when I didn't know how to sew. And the way that I kind of think about that, I think about my husband and his family, how his parents met on yachts and they worked on yachts. And he kind of doesn't remember a time when he didn't know how to swim. And that's kind of my equivalent. I don't remember a time when I didn't know how to sew. So yeah, that's kind of my background. I was like, where did this really start? And come middle school, high school, I was just in that world of Nylon Magazine, Seventeen Magazine, um, really eating up as much as I could about the fashion industry. And at that time, beauty gurus were becoming to be a thing on YouTube and fashion halls were a thing. So I was very much enamored with consuming fashion as much as I could. And as far as my education goes, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to major in when I was in high school. I highly considered being a marriage counselor. But when I applied to UC Davis, it was the only school that offered things such as fashion design, textiles and apparel, and fiber and polymer science. When I went to UC Davis my freshman year, my first quarter, I took intro to textile science and I absolutely fell in love. And that's when I knew, wow, there's more to the apparel industry apart from the aesthetic of it. I learned how fiber was cultivated, I learned how it was spun into a yarn and then weaved into a fabric and then how those fabrics were then sewn together to create garments and it seriously blew my mind. I had no idea there was more to clothing than what I knew or even more to clothing from the business side of things because I thought either you do fashion through design, the creative side of it, or you do the business of fashion, which is buying, marketing, merchandising, all that good stuff, sourcing, all the things. And I didn't know you could actually be in the middle that you can collaborate with the designer and the merchandiser and try to create something for them or that you can be involved within the manufacturing side of stuff. So that was kind of my background of how I landed onto my fiber and polymer science major at UC Davis. And yeah, it was just mind-blowing to me. I had no idea there was more to clothing than what I saw. And granted, my major was very tough. I did three years of chemistry, which now as I'm doing my nine to five, I'm like, that was that was probably too much. That was excessive. I definitely didn't need to take three years of chemistry 
one year of physics and all the years of really high level polymerization of plastics. But I think it was very worth it because it really taught me to see clothing in a different sense and it taught me how fabric really functions. Now the journey of how I got my job. So around my junior year of college, that's when I started to apply to internships and I applied to every single thing under the sun, guys. I applied to everything in Southern California. I applied to everything in the Bay Area of California, the nearest to where I was located. I applied to anything in Oregon, Washington, all over the West Coast, moved over to the East Coast, applied to everything there. I was applying to internships in Germany. (sighs) That was crazy. I applied to things in Canada since Lululemon is up there. I applied to every single thing I could think of and nothing was coming up, meaning I would apply, I would interview here and there and silence. I was absolutely ghosted during these interviewing processes and it was really frustrating. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to think outside the box. I'm going to look towards small businesses instead of large companies and corporations. So I applied to this very small business outside of Oakland, California, Norinda, called Parker Thatch. They are a super tiny accessories company and they do personalized canvas bags. They're very luxurious, very pricey. I remember working, packaging these bags and shipping them to people and just thinking like, wow, a bride actually bought 10 of these $250 bags for each member of her bridal party. That's crazy. And yeah, I just remember being in shock of this really co- really small company. Uh, the fact that they were in business, it was the co-founders, husband-wife duo. They had a manager, office manager who had been there for almost 10 years, and then me. I was their first intern and ended up getting this internship from finding them on Indeed and letting them know like, hey, I'm actually looking for an internship. Are you interested? And that's kind of how it happened. I... You might sense if you're listening from me, but I, at that point, I was just so desperate because I really wanted an internship and I had that fear of if I don't find something in between my junior and senior year of college, I'm not going to find a job. I think that's just an unrealistic expectation that we place on ourselves. And during that same time, I also got my job as a remote stylist for Stitch Fix. When I wasn't doing my internship, I was doing that job and I actually kept that job all the way through my senior year of college and when I moved to Colorado. Yeah, I had that internship and I honestly, I didn't really do much. (laughs) I was packaging orders. I um, was helping them with cleaning up designs on Illustrator. I was helping them organize the office. So very simple, very not glamorous. And I got to see how a very small but successful company was operated, which I learned that it's a lot of hard work. Midway through my senior year, that's when I started looking at full-time jobs, entry-level jobs. And again, same thing. I applied everything I could find within reason. I would interview and then I wouldn't hear back. I would interview and I wouldn't hear back. And that's kind of the theme of my job search. I would just interview and not, not hear back. I kept my job at Stitch Fix. It was part-time. Once I got married, I left that job, and I actually ended up getting a job in marketing, uh, social media marketing for a nonprofit here in Colorado Springs because I applied everything I could in the state of Colorado, and nothing was going on. And after being at that job for, kid you not, 
five weeks, I was so desperate to leave because I realized, you know, I worked so hard in school and I am so passionate about this industry, the apparel industry. I can't keep working for someone who, one, I didn't believe in their mission. I didn't enjoy working there. I was the youngest person by 20, 30 years. It was just so hard being there. And as a newlywed, I knew it wasn't fair to come home and just be super down and depressed in life when your newlywed years should be wonderful and joyful and happy. And I honestly just felt like running away every other day. And I just... I was trying my hardest to not fall into a depression because I just felt so worthless and I felt like I had nothing to offer when that is so not true in retrospect like the people around me will love me regardless of what I do and what I can do and what I do for a living but I was putting pressures on myself that no one was putting on me except for myself. Yeah five weeks into my job I realized I really hate this and I need to get out of here. So I made a plan to save up as much as I could of my salary and I kind of made like a business plan and presented it to my husband saying, if we save this much, then I could quit my job on this date and then I have about six months to a year to find a job. And I also kind of made the promise of, you know, if I don't have a job by this date, which was October 2019, then I will go back, I will get another job in marketing, and we won't talk about this ever again. And my husband was like, okay, if you think that's good, if you think that's best, then we'll go for it. (laughs) He was just humoring me at that point, but he was very supportive, and we reached that deadline of October 2019, and I still didn't have a job in my field. I had left my job in June 2019, And by then, I had already been applying jobs for six months. And for the next six months, I was still applying jobs. And granted, I think one of the shifts that I saw was as soon as I made that commitment of, I'm going to leave my job, therefore I am desperate and I have nothing to lose. I'm going to do it all and go for it and put myself out there. As soon as I made that decision, I don't know if it was just life or myself or something, but I realized that I was getting more interviews and I was going through the entire interview process, not just an introductory interview. I was going through the entire interviewing process, but for some reason, random things were coming up. They would either, again, ghost me. I wouldn't hear back from them. I would go all the way through the interviewing process and they would say like, oh, actually, we're not hiring anymore. And I kept hearing that over and over again. Within the span of 2016 to 2019, I kid you not, I think I applied to over 570 something jobs, really close to 600 jobs in the span of three years. So when I say that I applied to every single job I could, I'm not kidding, guys. And when I say that I heard over 100 no's, I'm also not kidding. During that time when I was unemployed between June and December, there was a moment when Being in Colorado, I saw that VF Corporation moved to Colorado, and I thought, you know what? God loves me. He moved an entire company for me. I'm going to get a job. This is it. This is all I've been waiting for. And not to sound naive, but I truly am a person of faith, and I think anything and all the impossible things I can think of can actually happen. But like, I truly believed that, you know, I waited three years for a job in my field. One is here down the street from me. 
And I applied. I was networking with people on LinkedIn. I would send them my resume, all the works. And again, nothing was happening. So there was this time when I just thought, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to email the CEO of VF Corporation. And guess who emailed (laughs) the CEO of VF Corporation? The parent company of North Face, Vans, Jansport, Wrangler. This girl. I wrote such a long email. It was basically a letter. And I said things like, Dear Steve Randall, I saw your interview on... I think Forbes magazine, if I remember correctly, and you said that if you wanted to see something different, that you had to try something different. So here I am trying something different and going out of my comfort zone. And then I think I ended the letter saying something like, I'm not asking for a job. I am truly just asking for an opportunity. I keep knocking and knocking on doors and nothing opens up. So here I am knocking on this door, waiting for someone to crack open the door. And it sounds so cheesy now in retrospect, but I was so desperate, you guys. I didn't know what else to do. And within, I think, 24 hours, 36 hours or so, I got an email from VF and it was the head of talent recruiting or talent management. And he was like, hey, Steve emailed me your, he forwarded me your email. I sent your email and your resume to one of the recruiters be on the lookout for that email. Let me know if you don't hear back. And I just thought, you know what? This is it. This is it. Everything I've been waiting for is here. I I think two, three weeks after that, I had my interview with that one recruiter that I was expecting. And it went so well, or at least I think it did for the first time ever. I felt so alive. I have never had such a um, such an amazing interview. And when I say that it was amazing, I don't mean that I was offered the job on the spot. Granted, spoiler alert, I actually didn't get a job offer at all. I actually never heard back from that recruiter ever again. She also ghosted me. But for the first time, I was able to talk about myself, my qualifications, my interests, my goals, and what I wanted to do within this industry. And I didn't have to go into an interview just regurgitating the things that I knew the person on the other side of the table wanted to hear. For the first time ever, I didn't have to inflate my experience. I didn't have to make up the things that I could do when in reality, like I was just sharing a part of myself to the other side of this phone call. I was able to truly just be myself for the first time. And that was really eye-opening for me. And I thought, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm very grateful for this. And like I said, nothing really happened. I didn't get the job there. VF Corporation didn't move here just for me, although I really thought they did. But I think without that interview, I don't think I would be where I am today because it made me realize, wow, I've actually, I actually can do this. After years and years of no's, after a ton of rejection and, a, and just plainly just being ignored, I thought, wow, I could actually do this. So how did I get my actual job at Target as a fabric engineer? One day, randomly, I was browsing through LinkedIn and I ran into my intro to textile science TA 
back from 2013 and I added her and I was just like, hey, I hope you remember me. You were my TA. I hope we can connect. Something super simple like that. And then Amy messaged me. She was like, hey, I see that you're looking for a job. We're actually looking for an associate fabric engineer here at Target. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, of course. Of course I'm interested. Send me the link and I'll apply. And that was pretty much it. (laughs) So here I am to tell you that no matter how many years you go through the application process, no matter if you applied at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jobs and you don't hear back, it truly, truly only takes one yes. And I'm here to say that because this applies not just to the apparel industry, it applies to anybody because I truly think that sometimes in this day and age, even for us young millennials, older Gen Zers, we really are going to suffer a little bit because the job market isn't the way it was for our parents or our grandparents. I think we're expected to, I don't know, like, oh, just go get a job. Like, it's that simple. Just go get a job when it really doesn't. I had an amazing education. I think my resume is actually pretty strong. I went above and beyond and started a blog as an online portfolio. I've networked with small businesses here and there through my blog. Nothing really panned out. Nothing amazing happened from that. But I did everything that I could. I did everything that I knew. I would cold email people on LinkedIn. I would find recruiters online. I would... I emailed a CEO of a fashion company and even then I still didn't have a job. By the time that I got my job offer at Target, I actually had already accepted a job here locally as a, I think, email manager for another nonprofit. And trust me, when I walked out of that interview, I was like, I know I'm going to get this job, but I don't want it. I don't want to be miserable again. I don't want to walk through that daily notion of like, I wake up, I go to work, I do what I'm supposed to do. I come home and I feel empty and sad. And like my life has no purpose. I'm not doing the things that bring me joy. Honestly, I applied to my current job at Target kind of as a joke because at that point I was so defeated. I had reached rock bottom in my career. I just knew, well, I have another job waiting for me. Like, I'm not going to move to Minnesota. That's dumb. Who would ever want to move to the coldest place in America? Or at least in the continental U.S.? There's no way I'm ever going to work for Target because my husband's in Colorado. He can't move out of Colorado. There's no way I'm going to do long distance. This is just silly. But it happened. (laughs) It truly happened. And maybe we could talk about, like, when you say yes to defeat and when you try to stop controlling your circumstances then that's when things happen to you I don't know I'm not God I'm not fate I don't understand how life works sometimes but I had so much faith that this is what I was meant to do and that I would do everything in my power to to do it and doesn't that sound so silly and so simplistic, and so boring, and so anticlimactic, because it truly is, and that's why I wanted to make this episode, because we see people that have these amazing careers, and that they have these quote-unquote dream jobs, which granted, I 
my dream job is the one I have now. And I'm sure my next dream job will be very different. And every job that I hope to have going forward in my career, I hope it's a dream upon a dream upon a dream. What I'm trying to say is that what was a dream six months ago is my reality now. And I hope that the dreams that I have now will continue to turn into realities. And that's what I'm trying to say that it may take you three, almost four years to find that career job. It may take you four years of going to college or it may take you 10 years of side hustling trying to make something out of nothing. But it can actually happen. And every time you see someone with a dream job or a dream career, just reach out and ask them, hey, how did you get there? Because I promise you that it's not as easy as it looks. And I'm not recording this as a way of saying I worked so hard therefore you have to work hard too I think what I want to say in this is that you can really do it and opportunities come out of nowhere sometimes and whenever those opportunities come make sure to grab them and snatch them and treasure them greatly because they don't come very often so with that you know what lessons did I learn um it doesn't happen automatically Sometimes it doesn't happen as traditionally as you go to college, you get an internship, and you get a job offer. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Um, I have friends who they went to a happy hour with a friend and they got a job offer just because they met someone at that happy hour. That could be you. And that's amazing. And like I said, when those opportunities come, whichever way any, any opportunity will come, Make sure to realize, wow, this is actually a great opportunity. I'm going to say yes to this. And another lesson that I learned is that sometimes you're going to have moments when you will ask yourself hard questions. Hard questions mean, meaning, is this really what I want? I've been going at this for four, almost four years. Is this truly what I want to do? Is this truly worth it? Is this really worth the emotional distress that I've been going through is there something else that brings me just as much joy if not more or that gives me even more freedom and other practical lessons that I learned is do more than what you think is necessary like I mentioned nowadays it's not as traditional as you go to college you get an internship and you get a job I went above and beyond I did jobs that I thought were relevant to my career, such as being a remote stylist. I started a blog. I helped a couple of businesses here and there. Even though nothing really panned out, nothing really happened. It was just a series of emails. But even then, I tried to do more than what I thought was necessary. And it gave me things to talk about when I was interviewing, when I talked to people and then I think, oh, like this reminds me of this one thing I did. Or even me being as a stylist, it really helped me with my current role thinking about the guest perspective, the customer, um, what's their experience when they're experiencing a fabric for the first time. And lastly, networking really is key. I know, uh, I know everyone says it and as an ambivert, the introverted side of me really wants to punch it in the face because I really don't like having to go out of my way and talk to people or having to go out of my way and create new relationships because I'm very much comfortable where I am. But networking really is key. 
for example, the current job that I have, granted, I did get a referral, but even then, referrals don't automatically get you a job. Referrals are the things that open those doors, but you still have to show up, you still have to present yourself, and you still have to walk in there and sell yourself and not just your skills but who you are as a person and try to convince them that hey you're actually someone they really really want to work with and that you would be a great addition not just in your skills but someone that they can befriend and someone they can collaborate with so what are some things that I would have done differently now that I'm on the other side I would have networked more when I was in school I wish I would have networked outside of my community I would have made more friends within my classes and I would have I would have thought more about the future instead of like, oh, just the next year or just the next couple months, how am I going to get by? I really wish I would have invested in things that would have produced fruit within a five-year period or longer than that. And I think networking really is that because I think when you invest in people, you get that return of investment in a way that you can't explain even if they're not there to get you a job but you're there to create friendships and to create just points of contact throughout your career which I never thought that was actually a thing but now that I'm on this side I can't imagine not having the people in my life that are in my life even though I met them through networking or through interviews and all those things and that is something that I want to say that even though I went through a lot of interviews and I got ghosted a bunch the people that did reach back or that did come out and plainly said no to me are actually now friends with me on LinkedIn. Um, They've found my blog. They're actually still in my life, which is weird because who would think like, oh, I'm going to go into this interview and create friends. No one really does that. But if you go in there with that mentality of like, hey, I'm just here to showcase myself and hopefully I can come out with a new friend versus a job, it really does change your mindset and how you approach the questions and how you approach um, your interactions with people. (sighs) Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) Pretty boring, right? It's not that exciting. It's fairly anticlimactic. And that's the main reason why I wanted to record this because we see jobs and we see careers and we think like, wow, like, is probably so glamorous or I don't know it was totally easy when in reality sometimes it takes you three years to find a job and especially right now with how the economy is or even just the way our education system is set up sometimes it's not as easy as hey here's a job and what do you do in those circumstances and I think a lot of it really is your mindset and like I said you really kind of have to do things above and beyond like starting a blog creating an online portfolio for yourself um, a way you can share with people online asking people to forward things to other people things are really different these days it's not just you creating a great resume I think it's more than that and you really have to showcase what you can do without actually showing them, which is so hard to do. It's like, here I am, here's what I can do, even though I can't really do it in front of you, but here, trust me that I can do it. It's so counterintuitive. Um, But yeah, if you have any questions, if there are things you want me to address, I'm more than happy to do it. 
Um, you can DM me on Instagram. We are Sully underscore co. You can email me through our website, sullyco.com. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, comment, rate us, all the good stuff. And I really hope you find this somewhat useful. If you made it to the end, congratulations. I am so proud of you. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it when you listen to all of this. And I will talk to you in our next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>